Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Paul did the same thing with Timothy. He says, Timothy, don't let him make fun of your age. Stir up the gift. I see potential in you. And I just want to say to you, and this isn't a flattery thing, but I see potential in every single one of you. You know why? You're God's kids. You have potential. And most of us never reach the potential we have for God. We strive for too much in the world and not enough in the spiritual area. Everybody has places where their feelings can be hurt. Kids are really good at finding those in other kids, which is why childhood is rough for most people. The ability to handle those jabs and darts varies from person to person, and it's usually linked to how that person thinks about themselves. Pastor Mark's teaching today will deal with this from a spiritual platform. He'll be talking about the importance of sticking close to God so you can find out who you really are. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Hebrews chapter 6 as he continues his message, Confident Hope. notice one thing. God knows if there's fruit or no fruit. Of all the ones, you and I sometimes, we should be able to see some, but sometimes we're, we're not astute enough to understand what's really going in the heart of a person because we can't see a person's heart. But God sees the heart. He knows very well what's really taking place. Now, in apostate, is like verse 8. They can't produce anything but thistles and thorns. There isn't anything. An apostate's not like a wish-believe believer. There just absolutely is nothing there. Nothing of any value. The gospel was refused. There's no relationship at all with the gardener. And the result... There is really no crop, or if it is a crop, it's absolutely useless. Let me just read to you from the Amplified Version of John 15. You don't need to turn there. Just think about this, all the words and the relationships. See, everything we have to be reminded of is the writer to the Hebrews is talking about a very different thing from Judaism to Christianity. Christianity was a relationship, individual relationship, Not this religious, of course, the Pharisees had made it, can you be good enough? And they made it so, no, you can't be good enough. Let me just read it to you. I am the true vine, and my father is a vine dresser. 
Any branch in me that does not bear fruit, in other words, that stops bearing, he cuts away, he trims off, he takes away. And he cleanses and repeatedly prunes it, prunes every branch that continues to bear fruit to make it more and richer and more excellent fruit. So we'll get to that a little later in the book of Hebrews. If you're a Christian, you will be pruned. I know there's not a lot of amens there, but that's going to happen. And it is never harmful, but it hurts. You are cleansed and pruned already because of the word which I've given you, the teachings I have discussed with you. Now dwell in me, and I will dwell in you. In other words, live in me, and I will live in you. Just as no branch can bear fruit of itself without abiding, being virtually united to the vine, neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me. Now I am the vine, and you are the branches. Whoever lives in me, and I in him, bears much abundant fruit. However, apart from me, cut off from the vital union with me, you can do nothing. If a person does not dwell in me, here we go, he is thrown out like a broken off branch and withers. Such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire and they are burned. Verse 6 sounds very much like verse 8, doesn't it, that you look at? Let me read verse 6. You look at verse 8 in Hebrews. This is verse 6 of John 15. If a person does not dwell in me, he's an apostate, he is thrown out, broken off, like a broken off branch, and withers. Such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire, and they are burned. Now, can apostate ever turn to God? Absolutely. Right up to the end. But if they refuse to, what happens? That's the unpardonable sin. What is the unpardonable sin? The unpardonable sin is refusing to accept the Holy Spirit as he speaks to our heart about accepting Jesus Christ. If you refuse the wooing of the Holy Spirit that you have been convicted, that's the role of the Spirit to convict us. If you refuse that, you cannot come to salvation. If you refuse that and then on your last breath, that's the end of it, then obviously you've committed the unpardonable sin. It's impossible. But right up to that point, many, many times we've dealt with individuals in a hospital. Jesus dealt with one on the cross who was not a believer, didn't believe in anything. One of the thieves came to Christ. One remained apart from Christ. The destination? Different. One, as you see here, burn, hell, fire, and brimstone. The other thief, what did Jesus say? Today, you'll be with me in paradise. Now, when that young man, or whatever age he was, went to heaven, how many crowns, how many gifts to put before God? Nothing. But at least, as 1 Corinthians says, he was saved he just had nothing to give to Christ. So way better, obviously, to come to Christ early. Now, what's the protection for you and I? We're believers. We have absolutely no idea in our mind that we would ever want to be an apostate. And so I have to understand that I think the writer says to these individuals, I don't ever expect you to do this. I'm going to give you five ways that can keep us sensitive 
to the things of God that the writer gives us here so that you and I would never be in danger of ever walking away from God permanently. Not even as a backslider, certainly not as an apostate. So let's begin, and let me show you these five keys as we go through the scripture. The first one is encouragement. Look at verse 9. The writer says, even though we speak like this, like what? Well, he's just said to him, warning, warning, warning. Don't be an apostate. Don't be an apostate. Don't be an apostate. Now, why did he do that? Because it was possible. So he warns them. The severest warning we can ever get. The absolute most severest warning. Because if that person never repents, they're lost for eternity. So understand, this writer presents it to him, but he isn't thinking that they're going to be these people. But it's a valid warning to them. How many of us as parents think about this? When we raise our kids, and especially when they get to the teenage years, we warn them about all kinds of things. And it isn't because we're thinking John or Susie that afternoon are going to go out and do all those things. We just know what's out there, don't we? And we warn them about it. And we do that, why? Our kids don't understand it now, but when they become parents, they do. We do that because we love them. We know what's out there. Well, that's what this writer's done. He hasn't done it because he thinks they're going to be the ones that just walk off from God and never come back. But he does it because it is possible to do it. But immediately after the warning comes encouragement. So let's read on. Even though we speak like this, notice, dear friends, we are confident of better things in your case, things that accompany salvation. So the writer says, I didn't just write to you off the cuff. Please pay attention and learn from my warning. Take it to heart. Be aware of Satan's devices. But I'm confident you will not become an apostate. You have a bright future ahead of you as you remain in relationship with Jesus. So he begins with words of hope. Now, there is a gift of the Spirit we studied many months ago. The gift of an exhorter. I'm going to mention this, but I want to go beyond this because I believe every Christian has the ability to give words of hope. Notice, let's do the Romans 12 first. Here's the gift. If it's encouraging, let him encourage. This gift of exhortation is specifically to individuals who, that's, they're very different than the prophet. The prophet is more the warning part. The best kind of pastor you can ever have, in my opinion, is a pastor who has a little bit of prophecy, but a big dose of a gift of exhortation. Now, some of you'd rather have a prophecy, a prophet as a pastor. You don't have one of those, sorry. I have a little bit. I have enough to keep us straight. Some of you would like a prophet with no encouragement. You'd like to walk out bleeding, have to go to the emergency room every time you hear a sermon. Praise God. Didn't you get sliced up and down? Man, that was great. I loved it. Well, there's not too many of you out there, praise God, because we don't have enough blood supply for you. But most of us, actually most of us don't even want to have any 
warnings. But that's not healthy. We need words of encouragement along with that balance. Now, look at Colossians. So everywhere we go, Paul says we tell everyone about Christ. Notice the balance. We warn them, we warn them and teach them. Let me just make a stop without names. The word of God is balanced. I think it's a beautiful picture here. As you go through this verse by verse, I I can't skip verses one through six because they're warnings. I can't skip it. But when I get to seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, and 12, it's words of encouragement. Do you see it balanced? God knows that we need both. Now, the problem in our pulpits today is very often unbalanced. Some of the most popular churches, well-known, great authors, are incredible men of encouragement. You know who I'm speaking about. Huge church. New book. Very, very good encourager. But here's the problem that I perceive. I don't talk against people. But be, if you're going to be Christians, you have to be discerning Christians. If you hear no word of sin ever, no warnings, and the individual says, that's not my gift, I have to say, then you don't have the gift of a pastor-teacher. Because a pastor-teacher explains all the word of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? There are no perfect pastor teachers. We have both sides. We have other people that will say, I teach all the word of God, and you never hear a word of encouragement. Everything's wrong, condemning, harsh, nothing good. You do feel beat up all the time. That's not right either. Now, my goal, and I don't get there, my goal would be to be a a guy who can give you the truth in love, And yet, be a guy who's going to motivate people, going to encourage people, give people hope. I wrote in my devotion the other day, I want to make sure I'm a teacher who can warn, but also always give hope. Dave and Dean and the other pastors are out here. That's what you have to work toward. We want to always be able to warn with love. Ephesians 4, speak the truth in love. The Bible does that. We just saw that. But man, we have to be men and women that encourage, give words of hope as well. And so what you see from here, the writer, this is huge, the writer doesn't expect them to be apostates. Expectation is so huge. See, the exhorter, one of the gifts of his exhorter, they can visualize the potential in a person. I just did a review for one of the individuals in the office, and this individual has that gift. They can visualize the potential in people. That's very, very good. You know, Jesus did that. When he saw Peter, Peter didn't see much of it. I mean, he was pretty cocky until he got... But then he saw no potential. Jesus still saw potential. Why? Because he restored him. 
Paul did the same thing with Timothy. He says, Timothy, don't let him make fun of your age. Stir up the gift. I see potential in you. And I just want to say to you, and this isn't a flattery thing, but I see potential in every single one of you. Do you know why? You're God's kids. You have potential. And most of us never reach the potential we have for God. We strive for too much in the world and not enough in the spiritual area. You have potential because God gifted you. Now, in Proverbs 3, I won't have you turn there because of time. Notice what it says. Proverbs 3.27, just write this down. Do not withhold good from those who deserve it when it is in your power to act. Now, most of us, when we think of that, think of giving things. And that is true. But you know, sometimes what I need more than anything else is a word of encouragement. I don't need your money. I don't need a gift. I don't need a, whatever you have to give me. I just need a word of encouragement. And so I think for us, we have to be sensitive that we can be people of hope. That we can look forward and say, you know, as I just talked to that individual, I need to give them hope. And have God put a, put a word in your heart, a scripture. Just before the service, an individual came to me with a need. And I just felt God say, stop right here, pray for him, give him a word of hope. And God brought a scripture to my mind. You see, they need that really more than anything. God is the God of all hope. Hope is basic to all of life. It's essential for your survival. If you live and you get up in the morning and have no hope, there's not much for you for that day. Now, sometimes all a person needs to continue strong for God is somebody at the right time when they're getting a little shaky to give them a word of encouragement. And maybe you're here, situations in your life, not really good, kind of without hope. Well, God's here to say to you, keep on trucking. I mean, it's not in the Bible, but keep on trucking. <laughs> He's going to be with you. Let me give you a couple verses that you can just put in the back of your mind when you deal with people. You don't want to be like Job's friends who just gave them no hope. Jeremiah 32, 27, I am the Lord, the God of mankind. Is anything too hard for me? See, that's hope. You can't say, well, there's something too hard for God. No, there's nothing too hard for God. And if you need hope, remember, David said, why is my soul cast down? Put your faith and your hope in God. And the other one, I think, is Jeremiah 29. You know that. Sometimes we forget in that great verse is the word hope. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. We all need to be reminded that we do have a personal God who created us, who knows us. None of us are here to do life alone. There's always hope in the life of a Christ follower. Because God has planned our life to be a life of purpose and peace and joy and hope. So what can keep me from every, even backsliding or even beginning to walk over there is for God to give me and surround me with people who can give me a word of encouragement. Now, sometimes it won't be a person. Sometimes it'll just be the word of God. But you know what I discover? 
When people are discouraged or depressed, they isolate themselves from the two things that can give them hope. One, they usually stop having their devotions, and this is where all our hope comes from. Number two, they stop coming to church. They isolate themselves. Now, who does that to them? Satan. Satan does it to them. And when you isolate yourself, you move yourself into a place of very great danger. We're meant to be together. And so let me just encourage you, be a person of hope, be a person that gives words of encouragement, practice it. Maybe you're a prophet and you like to give warnings and hope isn't in your nature. Well, it should be. Just bite your tongue till it bleeds and give a word of hope. And you'll see how good it is, how refreshing it is. Do not withhold good from those who deserve it. Well, Pastor Mike, I'm a prophet. Nobody deserves good. <laughs> That's right. That's why we're people of grace. Amen? So you give it to them anyway. Number two, what else is going to keep me from ever walking back or even thinking about it being apostate? God knows everything all the time. Look at verse 10. The writer says to these individuals, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people. Watch this. And continue to help them. The writer says to this little church, hey, God knows you've been faithful. The warning's valid, but God knows you've been faithful and you've been fruitful. Notice, God doesn't forget. He sees all. God is unjust. He will not forget your work. God's memory is perfect. He doesn't have to do Sudoku games at all. He doesn't take ginkgo. His memory's perfect. You know one area his memory's not good in, though? Your sins that have been forgiven. He, tell me, he remembers them no more. How many are glad for that? Hallelujah. He remembers them no more. What's our problem? I remember them. Or my wife remembers them for me. Or I remember hers. You see, God doesn't want anyone to walk away from him. And he'll do everything in his power to ensure the security of the believer. He will absolutely do whatever. He'll encourage you to bring people there. He'll remind you that he's God. He knows you've been faithful. And you need to understand that whatever we're facing, doesn't matter what it is, he will make a way for us. Today, Pastor Mark taught about the importance of having fruit in your life as a Christ follower. He told you what that fruit was and how it's displayed in your life. You learned that godly fruit was more than just activity. It's allowing God to change your heart, to think and feel more like Jesus does. You also found out about the dangers of resisting the call of the Holy Spirit. 
There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will be wrapping up his teaching, Confident Hope. You'll hear about the things Christ followers need to develop a deeper walk with Jesus. One of those things is people who can speak into your life and help you learn what God wants to do with your life. Pastor Mark will talk about the need and the benefits of godly encouragement. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in. May God bless you, and together, let's do life right. in a hurry.